Hello and welcome to Your Pretty for a Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Salma. I'm Iman. And I'm Saba. And today we have a special guest with us. Um, uh, we're going to be talking to Zina, who is an activist. She's a spoken word artist. She's a refugee resettlement um, officer. And um, yeah, we just thought she would be a great guest for this episode. Um, she also joined us uh, during our Black Lives Matter series. And uh, as we are going to be discussing Palestine this episode, um, we thought that she would be a great input for us. Um, Zina is also my sister. Um, <laughs> Zina, uh, do you want to say hello? Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome, darling. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. So, in regarding to this week, we need to put forward a disclaimer paragraph. This week, we will be discussing what is happening currently in Palestine. We know that this is a very sensitive topic to be speaking about, and we want to point out from the outset that we are not historians or experts. We're simply people with a platform that come with a duty to speak out. Though it may seem controversial to some, we had to speak about this on our podcast as no other topics seem to be as relevant and that we feel the need to get better informed about as this current issue does, especially with a reductionist-based media coverage in the West at the moment. We're going to attempt to relay the facts on the ongoing Palestinian crisis. Hence, all of our arguments will be fact-based rather than opinion-based on this episode. We think at a time like this, it's important to present facts and amplify the voices of the people living with this daily reality, rather than to simply express our limited opinions. We will share the names of notable Palestinian individuals and social media pages to follow for accurate, up-to-date and useful information on the ongoing, escalating situation and the general history of the Palestinian occupation and apartheid. It's important to start this by reiterating that our criticism is against the settler colonial state of Israel and Zionism, rather than the Jewish community. We condemn anti-Semitism in every form and even the need for us to preface this episode with this message is so telling of how much the conversation around the Palestinian occupation has gone wrong. Our arguments and disputes are with the state and the Zionist ideology which allows for the oppression of an entire people. To clarify, Israel is a state built on genocide, imperialism and is justified using the Zionist ideology. This is disconnected from Judaism as a religion and Jewish people as a global community. We also want to take a moment to say we recognize and see the struggle and oppression of non-European, non-white Jewish people living in Israel, specifically the Arab, Persian and African Jewish communities that face discrimination and systemic racism from the state of Israel. Because this is such a loaded and heavy topic spanning 100 years, we will be making a potential three-part series on this to relay enough information to be discussed and mentioned. In this episode, the topics will be covered lightly on the history of Palestine, what is happening now, and how the media is relaying this information. I mean, I don't know where to start without putting um, emotion. And as we kind of said, we we don't want to, I don't want this to be opinion based, I want this to be fact based, I want mm. it to be, but also, you know, as Salma said, we are not historians, so please, we are not experts, we want to learn, we want to be corrected, I'm not Palestinian, 
I, you know, I'm just, I can just from a human level, mm -hmm. just speak for myself and just what I see and I want to learn and I want to be more well-versed. And, you know, we always speak on a multitude of different injustices that go on in the world. And this is, I mean, I put up an Instagram post and this is one of the oldest that we've all yeah. kind of grown up with. Yeah, I think with me, when I've kind of um, addressed speaking about Palestine and corruption and uh, what's going on, I've never known the right things to say because mm. I don't know enough about it. I haven't educated myself about it enough. And I'm always kind of worried that I might come across anti-Semitic mm. or it might take in, in the wrong, get taken in the wrong context. But it is an issue that I feel like really deeply like hurt mm. about um and it's something that you know um as middle easterners like we've grown up with we've heard so many different stories um and it's just always in the news mm. and i i've realized even when i have spoken about it i use a lot of terminology and a lot of language that is not always correct and so knowing that i've almost like avoided it mm. rather than educating myself and taking the time i'm like it's what i'd rather like i'd rather just not talk about it it's like just something there that's going on and i'd rather speak about something that's like actually affecting me physically in front of me or i see it day to day um but like that's just cowardly now at this point yeah. and especially with everything that's going on now and what we're seeing it's like it almost it like it's, it makes me anxious mm. that I'm just like I have all this pent up energy mm. of like think all this stuff that I want to kind of address and I'm like okay you know what I do need to educate myself mm. like I'm not a, I'm not a child anymore and I can't continue to be blind to it yeah. and I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are in a similar way where they're like I don't want to discuss this because it you don't know how I don't know how yeah. I don't know how to tackle it and I hope with this you know kind of series that we're gonna do discussing the issue with Palestine, I'm learning just as much as I want to bring it up mm. and like uh, talk to people about it. And I'm learning with you, basically. Yeah. And I think it's the same for you guys yeah. as well. Definitely. Even researching yeah. into this episode, um, when we got like fact-checked and things like that, because obviously we had to discuss with other people, I, I realized how much of the language I was using was so wrong. Mm. And so I just want to... Um, yeah, I just want to ask you, Zina, how do we navigate this? What is the best way to kind of start learning? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to educate yourselves and to learn. The important thing is that you've taken the step to learn. This is, like you said, a situation or, you know, the Palestinian occupation is something that we've grown up with. I'm older than you guys and I even grew up with it you know I grew up in the Middle East and we we sing we used to sing and um, listen to songs about uh, Palestinian freedom so it's it's an atrocity to not learn it's uh, we're we're almost um, we're strengthening the occupation by not learning and mm. not advocating and not vocalizing this this atrocity um, it can be daunting to to start delving into this but it can seem daunting but it's not really because there are very clear sides there's two very very clear sides and there's a very clear um sort of oppression that's happening that it, mm -hmm. that anybody who kind of steps back and looks at the situation through a lens that's not um that's not perpetrated by the western media 
would would be able to like immediately see where the wrong is and take the side that needs to be taken. Mm-hmm. I think that the reason that we're so hesitant and we're so scared to approach this subject is because of the misinformation and because of the lens that this this occupation has been um, has been viewed from in the West for so long. Mm. Because they've used words like conflict, war, clashes, you know, words like that that kind of make us think that there's two people or two sides on a level playing field who have a disagreement. Mm-hmm. That's not. not the reality. The reality mm-hmm. is there is a huge power imbalance that's not appreciated or addressed in the West. Mm-hmm. There is a settler colonial state by the name of Israel, and there is an indigenous population that is being colonized, invaded, oppressed, killed, and and forcefully um, removed from from their from their land that they have deep roots in. Mm. Um, Palestine is a land that has existed for thousands of years mm. as Palestine, mm. and was only gifted, which is completely ridiculous to think that a land can be gifted. It mm. was gifted under British imperialism mm. to a group of people. Exactly. Mm. Thank you. And we rec- exactly. And we recognize that that group of people were themselves oppressed. They were themselves refugees. But what ended up happening, and I'm paraphrasing the words of, of, an activ- of a Palestinian activist, is that the Palestinian people became refugees at the hand of refugees. Mm. So yes. The, the, but what's happened over time is that this has become a settler colonial state mm. that is occupying an indigenous people and is oppressing them. Mm. And this settler colonial state is emboldened and empowered and backed by former settler colonial states mm-hmm. who are now superpowers mm. on the on the on the global political field mm-hmm. and this includes america which is a settler colonial state but you know that is um that is occupying the lands of indigenous um of indigenous people in the, in the americas um canada australia these are all settler colonial states mm. and they are superpowers and they are themselves supporting this it's the same face exactly yeah. exactly so they've successfully and i don't want to use the word successful because it's a positive word but they've successfully managed to colonize and invade and build a state on indigenous land and mm. now they're supporting the most recent settler colonial state to build a, a land you know, on uh, to build a state on on an already occupied land. Mm. It's just a repetition of history. So when we when we get scared of approaching the subject because we're worried about sounding anti-Semitic, we have to remember that is what Israel wants. They want us yes. to be scared. Yes. They want it to yes. seem like it's a religious conflict or there's mm. two yeah. and sides. And it's not mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. Which side to pick, or you know. That this is that this is somehow a conflict between two people over religion over a land somewhere far yeah. away mm-hmm. and you know the Middle East always has problems so it, it's hard and I don't want to get into it because I don't know the history of it no you need to know the history of it the, mm-hmm. we're, we're living in 2021 
and there is a, a country, there is a land that is being occupied and a settler colonial state is being built upon it. And those people are being killed in front of us. There's a genocide happening yeah. and we're just letting it happen because yeah. we're allowing the Western media and the Israeli state to make us believe that this is just a little conflict. Yes, exactly. Know, between two sides that are on a level playing field. Exactly. When in reality, one side is heavily weaponized, mm. heavily armed by Western superpowers like and has the money UK, and has and money heavily funded and sadly also now backed by some Arab states. Yes. And you have the other side exactly. which is demilitarized. The, you know, the Palestinian people the Palestinian people, they don't they don't have a military. Mm. They don't have yeah. weapons. They yeah. don't mm. have the kind of funding that Israel has. Mm. Yeah. So it's you have crazy. a military. <laughs> they don't. It's just crazy when you, they don't have an army. So how is it they a conflict? They don't have this. Because they don't. They have don't have anything. Military. They don't have they anything. Can, they can only rely. They can only rely on us um, and social and media. Rock. Yeah, no, it's crazy because obviously, as well, you know, we see on the media, as you rightly said, conflict and war and and. Even besides besides the language that they're using, that's so 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 problematic. It, it just even the way that they're covering it is like, oh, it's just small. Like it's some, it's, it's in this far away in a land, distant land, in a distant land, in the deserts and in the sand dunes, somewhere yeah. that we will never and see they, or never touch. And they ah. keep saying, and it's like an Arab problem, and they're yeah. not making it a clear. Yeah. It's really not situation a situation like in Palestine. That's <laughs> not but an Arab problem. I think I think, like, just as we were discussing when we when you guys did the episodes on Black Lives Matter, um, if you remember, we did an episode just on terminology and mm-hmm. how important language is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're planning. Uh, yeah, we will definitely. This do is that. another situation where we have to be really, really careful with language. So you hear people saying things like dispute. Mm-hmm. This isn't dispute because, again, a dispute indicates that there is a problem and two sides are unhappy about it and there's some sort of mutual disagreement Mm. this is not a mutual disagreement Mm. palestinian people did not ask for this to be imposed upon them they were literally just sitting in their houses one day and an occupation happened yeah and then literally literally just staying in their house and someone just gave it away one day you know And, and we can't say things like the palestinian issue or the conflict, because again, when you say Palestinian issue, it not only minimizes and, and reduces the, 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 the problem, but it also makes it sound like um, Palestinians are the issue. And they're the ones that have the problem. Yeah. They and and the also, they're the one that needs or, to fix it. Yeah. Or, or that, you know, um, that, that this is not our issue. This is, this is the Palestinians issue. Mm. Yeah. Um, so again, it deflects our responsibility from the situation. So it's really important to be really, really mindful when we speak about Palestine, the Palestinian struggle in any way, to always check the words that we're using. Does it reflect the power imbalance between a settler colonial state and an oppressed indigenous occupied people? Um, and if it doesn't, how can we amend our vocabulary to make sure that in every breath we're reiterating the idea that there is a huge power imbalance and that this mm. is there is an oppressor and there is an oppressed and it isn't a conflict, it is mutual and it isn't a clash 
and there isn't there isn't any sort of level playing field. And I think it's it's really important that we actually do an episode um, discussing all the terminology and breaking it down for someone like me, someone even, like me as and well. you guys, yeah. and all like of us, we just can all learn, just so we understand how to kind of tackle these conversations and know and how have to, them yeah mm. and like have better footing when we're discussing yeah. it with someone like so many times like i said before we avoid it because yeah, we don't yeah, want because we don't want to and and in the same way when we done our black lives matter series after that episode where we done the language episode my language when it comes to speaking yeah. about race has dramatically improved. And I'm still learning. It wasn't just yeah. I learned then and that's it. It's a continuous thing. You learn and you improve and you yeah. you know you know you gain insight by loads of different people. And that's that has to be the approach. And as Zina said, we're in 2021. There's no excuse. You know, no, I put isn't. up I put up a post uh, as I said the other day and if you are not wanting to learn about this issue and if you're not wanting to learn about issues that are affecting other people and actually be a decent human being, I honestly there's no there's no space for you in someone like ours's lives anymore because actually it just means that you're ignorant. It there's a sense of arrogance and yeah. you just don't want to learn. And I was that person. Yeah, no, you're choosing to be ignorant. Be, yeah, I don't want to choose to be ignorant. I don't want to pick and choose. Um, what kind what of, struggle to what struggle to, to talk to about? Discuss. Also, no, if they're like, and it's if, not a Muslim issue either. It's not a Muslim, not a Muslim issue. issue. It's a humanitarian okay, so issue. You guys have touched on an important thing, and I think this is where I I have a lot of issue with people who are afraid of being anti-Semitic. Um, so calling out Israel on on the you know war crimes and on the breaches of human rights and on breaking international law on a daily basis is not anti-Semitic. The Thanks. idea of anti-Semitism... <laughs> <laughs> bringing anti-Semitism into the conversation is something relatively new, and it's being used, that word is weaponized, it's being yeah. used yes. to deliberately silence the conversation. Yes. Because the moment you call someone anti-Semitic, you shut down the conversation immediately you you get cancelled immediately Salma I I know you've done a bit of research about this Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know can you kind of expand on it a little bit so what Zina was saying actually with the language is actually so apparent in this issue because I was doing research in terms of media coverage Mm. on reports and she's completely right almost everything that was regarding the you know, the Palestinian uh, apartheid yeah. in major news reports were referred to as, she said, conflicts, disputes, controversy, clashes, mm-hmm. which is completely inaccurate because, mm-hmm. like she said, the power imbal- imbalance is so apparent and you can't mm. just say, oh, yeah, they're, they're having an issue because then that makes it theirs, but it's not, it's, it's happening to them and she's completely right. But because language is so powerful and it's able to, you know, generate emotions and thoughts, yeah. it's, a, and it's another form of propaganda. So slowly, mm. but slowly, your brain is becoming numb. And even, for example, I made the mistake of, of you know, using the word dispute and realize later on, like, oh, no, it's actually not. not and a dispute. Be- yes. But because I'm fed this information constantly, yeah. it's yeah. just yeah. in yeah. my subconscious to, to yeah. bring that and, word up. Yeah. And that's that that's an issue mm-hmm. because... Again, I would use the word dispute and actually you think about it and it's like, 
No, it's not a, it's dispute. Not a dispute. Yeah. But then it's it's just relearning. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to check yourself. Yeah. Do you know I, what I mean? And in the same way, you know, it's it's if I'm criticizing a government's policy, I'm not it's nothing to do with religion. Yeah. Nothing. If I'm criticizing Saudi Arabia's policy, it's got nothing to do with Islam. That is that. I can criticize Saudi and I do criticize some of uh, the policies in Saudi Arabia, which is a majority Muslim country, mm -hmm. and I am allowed to do so. If I was a Muslim or not a Muslim, and Saudi Arabia's policies get criticized all, all the time. The time all and the time. rightly so. Mm -hmm. You have a right. Okay, you've touched on something really important. So this is another thing that's weaponized by the settler colonial state to shut down the conversation or to minimize the conversation. And this is something that we see all the time in the media there's this sort of um you know the the conflict is presented or there, there i go again say conflict yeah exactly it's okay it's okay because you say it and then you check it and it's okay yeah it's been embedded in our in our conscience this this yeah. vocabulary because this is what's you know we've lived we've lived in the west we've mm. lived in the west mm -hmm. most of our lives yeah. for me most of my life for you guys nearly all your lives so you know we it's it's difficult for us to untangle this kind of thinking and it's difficult for us to kind of um correct ourselves and to, mm. to check ourselves all the time but it's something that needs to be done so this is the problem when this is presented as a religious war or it's between jewish people and muslims or this is a this is a judaism versus islam mm. uh, situation it's not this is not a religious war under any circumstances um religion plays absolutely no part in the apartheid and occupation of palestine mm. we've been conditioned to think of this as a religious conflict in order to save westerners from having a guilty conscience oh. yeah so, by the British Empire mm -hmm. and then gifted to a Zionist who dreamt of establishing a land for the Jewish people mm -hmm. under, under that ideology. When we bring religion into this, we're excluding all non-Muslims and non-Jewish people from the conversation. We're yes. basically giving white, non-Jewish, and I, I'm saying white, but you know, it also includes other people who, who you know, turn, turn a blind eye. But I think we have to recognize that the majority of allied states the states that israel benefits from are majority white mm -hmm. or, or the the ruling class of those states are white mm -hmm. so we're basically giving non-jewish uh, white uh countries a free pass to not get involved mm -hmm. when in fact they're Very the true. ones who started this in the first place they we exonerate the perpetrators when we minimize this to a religious conflict Yep. Because they're not Jewish and they're not Muslim, so they're like, mm, I'm, I'm neither. Exactly. So I'm not involved, it has nothing to do with me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We're saying this is a Muslim-Jewish conflict. What are we doing then? We're saying if you're not Muslim, you're not Jewish, get out. Yeah. It yeah. has nothing to do with you. So the non-Muslim, non-Jewish can go home, sip a cup of tea and be really, you know, yeah. cool with themselves thinking, well, nothing to do with me, yeah. when actually they are the ones whose voices need to, they are the ones who need to advocate for Palestine more than anybody mm -hmm. else, because yeah. it's in the history of their countries that, that 
the history of their countries has allowed this to happen. Mm. So it's really important. And I think I, I think we need to stop trying to constantly kind of um, tread around talking about Israel out of fear of of um of being anti-semitic mm. we we just need to keep sort of loudly explaining that anti-israeli sentiment is not anti-semitic mm-hmm. and when we when we do that we also minimize anti-semitism which is a a, a huge disservice to the jewish community yeah, absolutely. Yeah. we're absolutely. basically minimizing anti-semitism to this trivial thing when it's not anti-semitism is serious it affects people's lives lots yeah. of synagogues were burned down were, were attacked in the last few years in america we've seen attacks here in, in the uk against jewish people and there's a huge history of jewish people being um attacked for for their identity exactly. and so it's not okay for us to just throw to just... around the word anti-semitism yeah. whenever we feel like it to shut down a conversation we yeah. don't like having because that does a huge disservice to Jewish people themselves. Mm-hmm. The and other thing is, we, as I'm, I'm pointing to us and where we're going wrong, we as Arabs and Muslims, we've been raised to see this, this struggle as, you know, a, from a sentimental sort of perspective. Mm. We're very sentimental about Palestine, especially you guys, the North Africans. When somebody mentions Palestine, there's a lot of <laughs> anger and pain yeah. and solidarity and, you know, sentimentality. Yeah. Because we view Palestine as a holy land, and it is a holy land. It's a holy it land for more than one religion, more than just Muslims. Mm-hmm. But we have to put that to that sentiment, sentimentality to one side sometimes, mm. because we can't keep the conversation within our own community yeah. and if we keep looking at palestine through the holy land lens and through a muslim struggle lens mm. then we exclude people from the conversation yeah. who oh, are that's such a good point. to be yeah. in the conversation yeah. Yeah. so when we address yeah. the wider public we need to include everyone we need to let them know that this is a humanitarian yeah. disaster this is a genocide this is an ethnic cleansing yeah. that's happening in our time and we're allowing it to happen yeah. Yeah. the other thing that we do when we turn this into a religious conflict is we erase the struggles and realities of non-muslim palestinians mm. when we speak about this through the muslim versus jewish lens we're excluding the huge christian population that is in palestine mm-hmm. for whom palestine is a, a holy land as well it's it's a it's course, a remarkably yeah. important place um and there's a huge christian palestinian population in palestine and outside of palestine in the diaspora who can't return who face the same struggles as muslim palestinians there's also jewish palestinians who've mm-hmm. lived there for thousands of years who are intrinsically palestinian mm-hmm. um but happen to be part of the jewish faith Mm. And they're also being excluded from the conversation when we turn this into a religious, con- when we refer to it as a religious conflict. Mm. And we end up silencing them and making it a Muslim cause. So we really, as Muslims, as Arabs, we really need to check ourselves mm. and remind ourselves that, yes, we have a specific, special tie to, to Palestine. We're, you know, our hearts are bound there for a reason. We have a holy site there. It's the third exactly. holiest site in, in our religion. In our religion. Yeah. Absolutely. But also we've been raised with this great sense of love and pride in Always. Palestine. And yeah. that's nothing yeah, yeah, to be yeah. ashamed of. But 
we need to be mindful of not making this our cause. Yeah. It's a humanitarian cause. It's a global cause yeah. for anybody with a conscience, anybody that stands against apartheid in South Africa, anybody who stood against genocide against Armenians, anybody who stood against the Holocaust itself should be against the occupation of Palestine yeah. and the ethnic cleansing right now of Sheikh Jarrah and other places in Jerusalem. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Zina. So... In regarding to that point, to not make it our cause, mm. I when I was doing extensive research, I stumbled upon this Instagram account called Jewish Voice for Peace. And they had posted and reposted this tweet saying, in response to the Palestinian apartheid happening now, including Sheikh Jarrah and, and the mosque, this was their response. This is Israeli apartheid and ethnic cleansing, funded by the US. This is the ongoing Nakba. If you have a conscience, stand up and speak out. Jewish elders stand with Palestine. Hashtag save Sheikh Sharah, free Palestine. Hashtag boycott Israel. So, end quote. This I wanted to mention just to give the audience the fact that it's, as Zina said, it's not a Jewish versus Muslim issue. Mm. It is an Israel versus Palestine. Israel colonizing the Palestinian land. It is yeah. not in regards to what the person's faith holds. Mm. Because as we can see in London, in the reports that are happening online and social media, there are so many people that are against this. And so many people with certain platforms that are trying to get their opinion out there. And that is really needed at the moment because a lot of people are silent mm. and yeah. they are scared to approach this topic because they're not educated. Yeah. Mm. So that was the one thing I wanted to mention. I think as well, um, just quickly for people who like super, super new to history. So Britain was occupying Palestine from 1917 to 1947. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then you've got, obviously, in the 1880s, um, you've got the Palestinian Jews, known as the Yishuv, um, says 3% of the total population. Mm -hmm. um, they were apolitical and did not aspire to build what it is today, as, mm -hmm. we, know, as we know it as Israel. So um, 1948 is like the year that we all kind of hear. And if you've heard it and, you know, I kind of want to go down back to basics, which is why I've kind of wanted to you know, bring this up, mm -hmm. um, is that obviously prior to the ethnic cleansing of Palestine, Jews had control of over, of what was it, 6%, mm -hmm. just less than 6% of the land. And between 1922 and 1935, the Jewish population rose from 9% to nearly 27% of the total population, displacing tens of thousands of Palestinians from their lands. As yeah. the Zionists bought lands, from their absentee landlords. So it's 1948 is when the settler colonial state, otherwise known as Israel, mm -hmm. came in with funding mm -hmm. after Britain was occupying it up until 1947, also a former colonial state, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to then go and colonize mm -hmm. Palestine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it's very like... It's disposable. It's, it's very... Yeah, it's disposable... But it's very clear cut to see what's going on. I mean, there's I don't know if you guys have seen that map of, of Palestine in three mm -hmm. countries where mm -hmm. it's like 
1917, what it used to look like. And then I think 1948, Eight. I yep. think. And then like 1980s or yep. 1990s. And you can see the reduction of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and up now, Yeah, up now where, you know, it's not on maps anymore. It's, re- it's taken away from most maps. So, I mean, you can't really go on a Google map now and... And go to the Middle East and see Palestine on the map. You 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 just don't see it. It's completely removed. Yeah. Um. And what what kind of really hurts me and what I don't understand is just from a humanitarian point of view. And this is I'm asking you guys, you both a question, just from a naive point of view, as maybe other other listeners may have. Why did the UN? What what's their you what's what's the UN's take on it? And I think that with the United Nations, and we've spoken about this in mm. one of our capitalism episodes, is twenty five percent of the UN's money comes from the US mm-hmm. as yeah. well. So you've got to understand that a quarter of the money that the UN yeah. money is coming from is from the US. So yeah, yeah. the US has a, a, a massive hand in the United Nations. You've got to remember as well the Security Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, U, the U S and the U N are are are, yeah. are they're not they're not they're separate from hand, one another. Yeah. I think as well right now um, with the what's happening with Sheikh Jarrah, um, the U N has condemned it and they have said you know we're not mm. we're against this and you know all of that. But I just want Zeno um, if you can kind of expand on that for us a little bit. Yeah. So can you um, I, I don't know expand for us a little bit. Um, from those who don't really understand the United Nations' role in condemning um, what's going on. Yeah, so I think this is a good time for people to question the role of the United Nations and whether uh, this is a question that's been going on for a really long time amongst academics, but I think it should come into the into the wider public in the mainstream sort of conscience. Yeah. Um, I think we do need to question the role of the United Nations when it comes to Palestine. That's where we see the failing of the United Nations mm. the most. Yes. Um, the United Nations has failed on several occasions when it came to Iraq, when it came to mm. Afghanistan, when it came to um, lots of different places, even in South America. Um, but with with the you know with Palestine, the occupation of Palestine and the apartheid in Palestine, um, it's probably its biggest failing. Mm-hmm. There are resolutions that are passed by the UN to condemn certain actions that are committed by Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are you know there are resolutions that are passed to kind of say that you know it's illegal to build um, settlements in certain situations. But these are not followed. They're breached all the time by the Israeli state. And it goes unnoticed because, as Iman said, we have, you know, certain states have the power to overrule decisions in the UN. So the Security Council is made up of super states like um, the US, the UK, um, France, these former, you know, empires mm-hmm. and former colonial powers themselves. Mm-hmm. And China they have and Russia the, too. the right to veto any decision that's made mm-hmm. so that they can overturn any decision that's made, essentially. And it's in their... They, they it's do, in their best you interest. Know, the UN passes resolutions and passes decisions based on their interests more than the interests of the rest of the world. So the UN was established after World War II as a way to bring the world together, to bring all nations together, to ensure that 
something like the Holocaust never happens again. Well, something like the Holocaust is happening again. Mm -hmm. But the people in power are benefiting from what's happening. And so therefore, there's a there's a silence by the UN. Mm -hmm. The UN hasn't protected Palestine for a very, very long mm -hmm. time. Um, and mm -hmm. I don't think they're the people like that's the institution that we should be looking for, mm -hmm. for saving mm -hmm. when it comes to the Palestinian occupation. The UN in general is based on or is built upon the idea of these former colonial powers being the ruling powers in the world or that, yes. you know, or like the, almost like a white savior complex, you know, where we're looking to these five superpower states that are former um, colonies, that are, uh, sorry, former um, colonizing powers, former empires to protect the rest of the world. We're, we're almost giving them this paternalistic role of you know best for the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, 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 there's so much destruction happening and it's happening because those states are silent about it because they benefit from it because they back the 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 oppressors yeah and you've got so to remember it's really not not the place to look for solutions and yeah. also we do need like this is the perfect opportunity to completely question mm -hmm. the entire role yeah. establishment history of the UN in its entirety yeah. yeah and I've been you know in one of our episodes I was questioning and we have questioned the role of the UN mm -hmm. you know the the five member states are China France Russia UK US these are the f only five countries in the whole world that have the power to veto yeah the power which means of that veto, whatever, if they say no it, yeah the power of veto is so Qatar tried to put in a policy for Palestine Mm -hmm. This was not too long, maybe a couple of years ago. Mm. They had the power of veto to say no. Yeah. Even though Qatar had support of majority of countries in the UN and of the other 10 members who are non-permanent. But it's got vetoed because you have China, Russia, France, UK and the US. Are you deep in the countries that I'm listing here? Yeah, it makes no sense. You should yeah. expect me to trust the UN. Yeah. Because who is the biggest supporter and funder of Israel? It's 25% of all the UN's money comes from the United States of America. 25%. Yep. It's mm -hmm. not even not even 20%. Zama like Zama <laughs> means like like yeah. It's not even, you know, the five permanent members, it's split equally. Yeah. No, a quarter is coming from one country. Yeah, yeah. it just yeah. shows. And it shows also, so I have some facts here in terms of how much funding the US is giving um, Israel. Um, so this is from ArabNews.com. So even despite the unemployment levels and poverty levels in the US at the moment, just because of the pandemic, Washington found it essential to provide Israel with 3.3 billion in security assistance and 500 million for the U.S.-Israel missile defense cooperation. This is no secret and means that the U.S. is being has been funding Israel, and Israel is the largest recipient of aid from the U.S. Wow. since the Second World War. And if they can veto anything. <laughs> They are going to stop gonna whatever and that's, is that's happening. only the money that we know about. That's exactly. only the money we know way. about. Yeah, and that's yeah. only money from one country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just only getting. I'm just getting in that Zena has to go. So oh, yeah. just want to say Zina. thank you, Zena, thank you for so much, joining Zina. us. And yeah, thank you for we'll your you input. Soon. It was really, um, it was really helpful, and we did learn a lot. So yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think that it, you know we 
we forget yep. that there's a lot that's yep. under the rug and yep. we definitely have to speak and about by the way 3.3 other... 3 billion a year like we're not saying yeah. from <laughs> like, a, a year a year <laughs> it's an annual amount yeah, yeah, yeah. how much a billion is no no yeah, like so, like you know when you think about like genuinely think about a billion place. Mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. small place how much does it cost to get rid of poverty it's yep. a small place. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But, and this is just for uh, this is just for arms. Yep. For arms. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Cuz if I don't scream I'm going to cry. Yep. So it's those ones. Yeah. <laughs> because when you think about it, 1% of a billion, right? If 1% of a million is 10,000, right? Million. No, one, not even, no no, 1% of listen, million first. Million first. 1% of a million is 10,000. 1% of a billion is 10 million. Does that make sense? So, do you see the difference? Oh, yeah. So, 1% of an income of a person who's a millionaire is 10,000. But 1% of a billion is 10 million. So, understand how much money they're giving Israel. That's money you can't even understand. You can't even understand. Yeah, that's my point, what I'm trying to make here. And it's what, 3.2, 3.6? 3.3 billion a year. 3.3. To one country. To do what with it besides fund? the apartheid and the occupation that you can't... Yeah, what else are they doing with it? Exactly. They're going to veto the thing anyway, even if you try to say, oh, yeah, no, don't... No, there's no way. US is in control of this, the main, unfortunately. But in the same way, um, of course the US is is in control of all of this. And the US, you can't... You can't speak about this settler Corruption anywhere. colony without speaking about the US. Yes, yeah, 100%. Because as well, there's a lot of people in the US who are in support of this settler colonial states mm-hmm. who go and get a house there and a mm-hmm. uh, student yep. accommodation they have more and jobs. And yep. oh my God, oh my God, this is amazing. I live in the Middle East now. Yeah, I can go yeah. to the beach whenever I want. Uh, la, 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 la. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. They sell it as a dream. Mm-hmm. Yep. As an absolute dream. It it's looks like, like a dream destination holiday. I've seen holiday, adverts. Yeah. Has yep. anyone seen adverts to yeah, yeah, visit, yeah, yeah. visit Israel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. On yeah. the, I, was, I was shocked. Yep. I think I was watching X Factor one time and it came, oh my God, visit Israel. Like, you know, the tourism yeah. adverts. Mm-hmm. I was like, Literally. Yeah. And little do you know, you're going to that land and only a few miles away is an oppressed, you know, genocide happening. No, people do know. People do know. People choose not to see. That's true. That's very true. This is what it is. That is true. And the same way I know about what's going on in Palestine, but I've not chosen not to delve deeper, but I've been scared and therefore chosen mm-hmm. not to... Well, no, I have chosen. I'm, let me own Let me own what I've done. I've chosen not to delve deeper because I have been scared. Yeah. People choose not to delve deeper. Either they might be scared, they don't care, they see it yeah. as a, a as a religious argument and issue, so they yeah. don't do so. We have to own what we, what, what we do and, or what we haven't done. Yeah, and I'm the same. And I think it's really clear to point out, like, we're not here stating opinions we're stating literal facts. Yep. facts. We're stating statistics. Yep. We're stating numbers. Like this is actually like what's happening. It's not something you can like this is all that be we like. Know. Oh, I'm not gonna have an opinion on it because you it's know I don't a, know much about given it. We haven't any opinions today. Okay, mm-hmm. learn about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking anecdotal stories of my opinion on what's going on. Yeah. We've, we've exactly researched. exactly as you said. We we uh, everything that we've said today isn't an isn't an opinion. If we wanted an opinion episode on what is going on. Trust me, it will be a very different episode. Because mm-hmm. I could a... talk about I could talk about Morocco as 100%. well. Morocco's hand because I, psh, Mor- the Moroccan government do not speak for me. me <laughs> That's it. That's they it. do not speak for Honestly. me. I think yeah? 
So if I wanted to go anecdotal, I could. There's a lot of, uh, you know, everyone has experiences with... But it's not religious. That's why you can't make it anecdotal, it's it's not. And it's uh, not... It's not my place to talk about, like, anecdotal stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not there on the front line, but what we can see is, you know, uh, the facts. We can see what's... People who are actually living in Palestine who are oppressed, Mm -hmm. we can see what they're showing. And I think that's a really important note um, to take, to, like, segue. I know we have some people that we want to, like, recommend for you guys to follow and research into. I know Salma has a lot. Um, I'll add them to the page. And we'll add to the page. And there's Muna Al Kurd. Yeah, Muna Al Kurd and her brother as well, Muhammad. So they're both. they're, they are one of the six They're both families. journalists, aren't they, as well? Well, they're, and they're also one of the families in Sheikh Jarrah who are getting, who are getting uh, uh, kicked uh, out. So, you know that video that kind of went viral um, where there was a um, uh, a guy in, in their garden saying, what if I'm not going to steal it? Someone, Someone else, else going to steal it. Yeah. That was them. Okay. Oh, that was their okay. Family. And uh, they're actually, so half of their house has already actually been Occupied, so, uh, yeah. occupied yeah? yeah so it's already been taken half of their house so they only mm. actually have half of their house and we'll speak about the whole um situation with Sheikh Jarrah I think in another episode because we are planning yeah, to yeah, do yeah, yeah. a few more episodes on this this was definitely an introduction yeah. to starting the conversation for yeah sure. just to kind and of we understand gonna, some more and we were always going to have this conversation it yeah. was um you know we, we planned out our schedule and we were always going to have it but we just thought there was I did to be honest none no of us, time better than yeah. now to well, be honest if, even forget no time better than now because we were always going to talk about yeah. it and we had planned it and scheduled it I actually don't want to talk about anything else yeah. nothing's yeah. more on my mind than nothing's this. more on my mind everything else feels weird uh, to post about yeah everything else feels weird yeah. uh, I don't I don't and actually I just don't want to post about anything else yeah, yeah. which is how true. I personally feel and I you know we we all feel the same way so which is why we're speaking out it's very true it's very true but um yes this is the first episode of our series that will be on uh the palestine apartheid i just wanted to end with a post that i read on instagram from dahlia's kitchen um it says one cannot advocate for racial equality lgbt and women's rights condemn corrupt and abusive regimes and other injustices yet choose to ignore the Palestinian oppression. It does not add up. You cannot pick and choose whose human rights matter more. Mm. And to me, that rings the most true because when it comes to this, people do tend to shy away from these issues. But we're here to help in terms of making these conversations more accessible as possible. So we will be doing another part series, um, another few episodes on this. And hopefully Zena will join us again. Yes. Yeah. But yes. And please uh, send, send in questions. Yes. Send, in, send in questions. Like, it, it, even if you think, oh my God, this might sound like such a dumb question. I, Trust I me, probably, we've all I probably asked, have the yeah. same yeah. question. You're not alone. Send it. Even if you're just like, okay, so uh, when did Palestine start? When did yeah. Israel yeah. start? What did it, like, if, even if you think that it's like the most silliest. Even if you have something it. to criticise with what yeah. we've and said. No, please, please criticise. criticise. Yeah. So if you have, um, just from your experience on the ground, on either end, on either side, wherever you are, please just send us a message. We're not going to be like, we're, we're not defensive people. Mm-hmm. I want to be, t- I want to be yeah, checked. We want to be mm-hmm. t- and we check ourselves. Yep. We fact check ourselves all the time and that's the only way that you can grow and it's a healthy way to grow yep. and it's a healthy way to learn. So... Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.